our representatives have basically been stonewalling us. When I reached out to Paula Fletcher's office, I was essentially told it's a opiate crisis and not a Leslieville problem. Nothing has been done. It was just this past Tuesday in a meeting that I said, uh, if something's not done, one of our children is going to die. There you go, just one of the many area residents in Leslieville who saw the decline of the area and predicted something bad would happen. And three days after she made that warning, the murder of Caroline Makarad is uh, reported, predicted. It was not a child, but ultimately it is a mother of two living in the community. And initially, I think many in this community welcomed Safe Supply, you know, and uh, they've now seen it since it came in to the neighborhood, meters from elementary school, as well as a daycare, which confounds me. But neighbors then, you know, quickly talk about the decay of crime, violence, open drug use in front of kids, needles all over the place, aggressive um, behavior, violence, you know. And the community, as you've heard, that woman implored the counselor, Paula Fletcher, for help. And she ignored them over and over and over and over again. Derek Finkel uh, lives beside the South Riverdale Community Health Centre and joins us now. And I appreciate so much you joining us, Derek. My pleasure. Good morning. I don't know if you knew Caroline personally, but I don't know if you really need to know her to understand the loss, the anger, the uh, tragedy around this case. But the fact is, it, it shouldn't have happened and it could have been prevented. What do you say to what has happened in the last couple of days, given what you know about the area? Yeah, well, what I have to say is that I think over the last few days, what I've seen is a lot of public conjecture and a lot of politicians offering their own um, uh, uninformed theories about what the real problems are. And the truth of the matter is, and I'll just give you a 60-second historical snapshot, which is that you know, this safe injection site is about seven or eight years old. As you said, we welcomed it in the beginning. We are a civic-minded, progressive, educated uh, community. Um, but it became pretty apparent quickly that um, that the this particular SIS, I'll call it, uh, was not operating according to the, man, the, 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 the government mandates that it's supposed to operate by. You mentioned open drug use. There is rampant open drug use. There are multiple overdoses on, on their doorstep daily. Um, there, it, it has become menacing. There are you know, drug dealers. I, I, we had a meeting yesterday with Inspector Tim O'Toole of the TPS, and um, you know, I told her that one of the suspects is almost certainly a dealer that I've been watching, um, you know, uh, sell to the clients of the SIS for probably close to a year. So, you know, we, we've, we've for years, this isn't a new thing. This isn't even, you know, there, there have been meetings in recent weeks because things came to a head and Ashley, you, in your clip, she, she warned about that someone was going to get killed. I was in that meeting. She really did say that. And, um, you know, this has been going on for years. And the truth of the matter is this, the, 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 the uh, senior management of the South Riverdale Community Health Center, they, and they do not deny this, by the way, they have not governed by their own. They're supposed to do community check-ins. They're not supposed to cause more harm to the community than the good they're doing. 
Um, they, they're not supposed to allow open drug use on their doorstep. They're not supposed to be having overdose doses on a daily basis. Um, frankly, the provincial regulations since 2018 have been that an SAS cannot exist within 600 meters of a school. Right. The, the South Riverdale Community Health Center, that address would not, under provincial regulations, be able to get a license for a cannabis dispensary because of its you know, proximity to the school. Yet we, our children, there are 100 children on my street, many of whom go to Moore Street Public School, which has almost 500 students in it. The only way that they can get to school is by going past uh, between the, the, the health center and the church, which is where all this activity is. It's, and, and, right. and frankly, most of the children on our street, including my own son, who's now a teenager, but for years growing up, they have all had to take wide, wide, wide routes to school to avoid that health center. And frankly, if that is the case, we really have to question, I mean, it's not safe for the community. Is it really helping the community uh, more than it's hurting? And I think everyone in the community knows the answer to that question. Right. But we didn't really have this conversation, Derek, until recently. You know, Anthony Fury was the only one in the campaign who was running on getting rid of them in favor of treatment. These were not supposed to be permanent. They were supposed to be a Band-Aid solution. And now they're all over the city and they're going to expand the program. And every neighborhood we see them go into, the same thing happens. And so they're not being policed properly. And frankly, I think those communities like yours are saying, why are we you know, having to put everyone at risk for this. And, and so, Alex, you want to know something obviously, about, well, sorry, just, yeah. I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but you, you, you raise a really good point. And I want to make, I want to make a point about policing and how they get policed adequately. Because one thing that Inspector O'Toole raised in the meeting yesterday, and this is the first time the police have ever shown up for one of these meetings, by the way, it took somebody to mm. die for us to get some senior police management on in these meetings. But in yeah. any well, event, she was she was murdered. So let's be clear. She was murdered. You know, and, and yes. yeah, no, I don't want, you know, the, the, I think, you know, it's it has to stand out that she was murdered. And yeah, I'll let she you finish murdered. your point. But I do want to get in uh, Miss uh, Fletcher's role here. But go ahead with the police. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to her in a second. But 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 the, the there, there's a Supreme Court decision that mandates how uh, secure injection sites can be policed. And Inspector O'Toole openly conceded that they have to perform what is called nuanced policing, which are her words, which is essentially a form of hands-off policing because right. they don't want to dissuade the harm reduction uh, clients from feeling you know, comfortable without a big police presence there to go. And, 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 and in my opinion, having sat through three plus hours of meetings on this topic, that is one of the main factors for why this situation is escalated to the stage that it has. Because it can't be policed properly. And in my opinion, um, as long as there's an SAS at that, in that location, the, poli the police are effectively hand-tied to not mm. being able to police it. And you have to really ask yourself, well, if that's the case, because what we, we don't need restricted policing. We need full-blown policing to reclaim that area. And and yeah. we're not Let me, I'm going to run out of time, Derek, because yeah. because we have a listener who's a retired officer and says, you know, the police are, are told don't go near them, just kind of stay back just so they don't intimidate the clients. But in standing back, drug dealers are empowered. They don't get carded. And so they know that they can come in with weapons and start to fight over the turf. Having said that, all of this was brought to Paula Fletcher's attention many times. 
And to hear the answer and the flippancy of this is um, a, a, an opiate crisis, not a Leslieville crisis, to me is um, not only not acceptable, uh, but but she has a role to play here because she didn't listen to her community. Um, so are you angry? Do you put blame with her? And has she said anything since the murder of Caroline? Well, she hasn't said anything to me. She hasn't said anything that I'm aware of to uh, any of the residents who are involved and have been involved for years and certainly in recent weeks. Um, I will say that Paul Fletcher is not alone in the sense that every time we try to bring this subject, which is about the safety of the children in this neighborhood and the SIS to the floor, we get people, whether it's the CEO of the health center or whether it's the police or whether it's Paul Fletcher, trying to say, well, this is an opioid crisis. We have a homelessness problem. We have, uh, you know, people with mental health issues have equal rights. It, 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 these are all diversionary tactics, or they try to educate you about, you know, what SISs uh, do. And we all know that. And, and so really, every time we have a meeting, we have to start it off by saying, this is what this is about. It's not about homelessness. Mm. It's not about an opioid crisis. It's not about whether or not people with addiction issues have rights or should, be, should have access to these services. Let's not even go there. The question is, you have to pin them down. What should this safe injection site exist 150 meters from a very well-attended public school where children are terrified, given the murder of Car Carolina? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Everybody's even more afraid now. We have to reclaim that space. We've talked about building a park there. I suggested we name it after her. We need to. We need policing. I, I, I've suggested that the, not just me, other other residents have suggested that the safe injection site has to be temporarily closed out of respect for the murder, and out of respect mm -hmm. for the fact that many hundreds of parents and children in this community um, are terrified of what goes yeah. on right on their doorstep. Well, Derek, I, you're not the only community that has dealt with this. I will do whatever I can to give a platform. I'm happy to to give you guys a voice because clearly it has been ignored. But just quickly, I got about 30 seconds. Um, yeah. What do you want to happen? I mean, you live beside this. Is the community want it gone? Do you want it police 24 seven? Like, what do you what do you say to Paula Fletcher and the rest of these counselors? Well, we have a meeting with Peter Tabins, our MPP, and I think Paula Fletcher is trying to now get in on that. But what I what I say to them and what I said yesterday is that kind of what I just said, which is that this, given the policing restrictions and given um, the fact that the, the South Riverdale Community Health Center is completely and inadequately um, staffed to, to deal with the very, very serious security issues that have been mm -hmm. problematic for a long time, they have to, I think they need to close the program, relocate it, whether it's temporarily or permanently, I, I'm not really sure at this point, but that space needs to be reclaimed to reclaim it we need to restructure it, reimagine it physically, and we also need the police to be able to do what police uh, allege they, to say that they do, which is, yeah. you know, community policing. But the truth of the matter is they can't community police in that area because they don't really go in it. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, something's got to give. Um, now someone's paid with their life, and uh, exactly. we will continue the conversation. So, Derek, please stay in touch with us. Um, you've got our contact, and I'll, I'll happily... Uh, put the pressure on to get some answers here. I very much appreciate your time. You're very welcome. Take care. Derek Finkel uh, lives right by that South Riverdale Community Health Center. You've probably heard this before, but uh, 
Paula Fletcher, who we've called to talk, um, she owes an explanation. All the politicians do. Anyone who supports these safe injection sites owes the communities, owes the people an explanation of why we're supposed to live like this when you dump these things in our neighborhood. And if you're going to dump them in the neighborhood, what are you going to do to actually make them safe? Because they are not.